ASMR. We are going to open a can of Justin's cinnamon almond butter. Hmm. This is always my favorite thing when ASMR people do the... Yeah, I don't understand why. I don't either. But mm, that does smell good. It smells like... The, like, um, cinnamon-coated, like, hot pecans that you get. Yeah, even though it's almonds. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, anyway. um, This episode of Couch Communion is... (laughs) Dedicated to Justin's cinnamon almond butter. (laughs) Yeah. Keeping me entertained the last couple of minutes. For uh, being a part of my new healthy diet. Low sodium. Low-ish. Low-ish. Yeah. Yeah. How many milligrams? Tell me. I believe 60 milligrams of sodium. Not bad at all. Per how many tablespoons? Two. Two. That's not bad. No. 16 grams of fat, but you know. I really don't have a frame of reference of how much sodium that is, though, so... You, to lower your blood pressure, because I looked it up today, you're supposed to have no more than, I think, 1,500 milligrams of sodium. So 60, good. not bad. Two tablespoons is a lot of almond butter. It is. Yeah. So tomorrow I will be having a whole grain, whole wheat English muffin with banana, because potassium helps lower mm-hmm. blood pressure, mm-hmm. and this... There you go. This is my new goal. <laughs> there you have it, folks. This is Couch Communion, and 2022 is starting off with a bang. <laughs> it's only going to get weirder from here. We wonder. We Hey guys hello everyone i'm jordan i'm sarah and this is couch communion once again did you miss us last week were you thinking about us were you sitting on your friday night just going oh, man i didn't get couch communion today we were thinking about you yeah in the past because it's the future right it's now the, yeah. also if you say no to any of those questions <laughs> i will take it personally and i'm very offended and it hurts you know it hurts when you love someone so much and they just don't return it you know <laughs> it just feels so out of breaching no <laughs> admittedly we're starting off the year a little bit uh manic oh mm-hmm. i was gonna say slow but <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite <laughs> the exact opposite i just mean like um 
we're not real serious. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. We're not being very serious. No, um, I think it would be good for this podcast to go in a less serious direction. I, you know, I kind of agree yeah. a little bit. But yeah. after after Baby, when we do our, our series, it's going to get real serious. So yeah. we kind of just want to go loosey-goosey, loosey-goosey for a couple of episodes, kind of chit-chat and mm-hmm. uh, give ourselves the chance to have a little fun before we dive into the stuff that's really going to make us mad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Before we really rant in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Update. uh, As we're recording this, I'm now sitting in the, what I call the pregnant woman squat position. (laughs) You... I was lounging for the whole first episode that we recorded, and then my back started to go, yeah, that's not cool with us. So now I'm sitting, uh, like, (laughs) like, on the edge of the couch with... My legs spread enough that my belly can hang between them. <laughs> You're in a water birthing position I right am, now. I am. <laughs> I currently am. Yes. Um, for all of you um, who maybe are a little like eh, about pregnancy, maybe like skip ahead 15 seconds. <laughs> um, but uh, in this past week, my child has done what we call the lightning. Mm-hmm. Um or other people call it dropping, um, which makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he is moving into the birthing position, so he has lowered in my abdomen. And let me tell you, it makes eating a lot easier. Um, it makes walking a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I felt like I'd thrown my back out, and so like I literally just could not move. <laughs> I'm really sad so. that it's not Halloween now because you could have gone as like the penguin, the Batman oh, villain. I could have. <laughs> No, but um, one of my friends was telling me that um, um, really it's just the baby wants me to be safe because there's all this ice outside right now. Yeah. Um, In the past, dear listener, um, when we were recording this, I love messing with time here. It's January. It's January and there's a lot of ice. And so they say that the best way to walk on ice is like a penguin waddle. Yeah. That's the only way I walk right now. Hey. So the baby just wants me to be safe. He's looking out for you. Making me do the penguin waddle. Also, um, those of you who skipped ahead 15 seconds, maybe take 15 more. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, My belly button is officially gone. (sighs) Can I see it? No. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just curious. I'll think about it. It's not like totally gone. It's just like um, at the top. (laughs) It's so weird. At the top of it, it like pokes out. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, and it was doing that last week. In the two days that since he dropped, I haven't really like looked mm-hmm. heavily at it. Yeah, but like it just like it's not it's not a clear situation anymore. It's not a clear any right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Gotcha. It's more of a questioning. It's an, I see. it's questioning its identity. Right now. I see. I understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. good for it. You know. You know. It's I really, think it's important to it's exploring examine. its options. Yeah, um, <laughs> which freaks me out. If that's the thing that honestly. I don't get freaked out about a lot in pregnancy, which mm-hmm. maybe is a little weird. That's the thing that really freaks me. I cannot, like, <laughs> my husband tries to touch it every now and then, and I'm like, don't. <laughs> it, like, genuinely, I genuinely get upset. I'm yeah. like, don't touch it. I, or, I just have a thing with belly buttons in general. They make me very uncomfortable, and I'm pretty sure if I go back in, like, my trauma bank of childhood traumas, it goes back to the Matrix, and that scene yeah, with yeah. the freaking yeah. bug 
that makes me so uncomfortable every time and i like i don't even like touching my own belly button <laughs> and people are like you need to wash your belly button i'm like not in this house we don't i mean we do no, but, but it's a very quick with a loofah yeah the ball so i don't even have to touch my belly yeah. button i just kind of you know for, sh- for sure should wash it's getting button. very personal <laughs> <laughs> uh no yeah i don't i generally am not freaked out by belly buttons until this situation's going yeah. on and then i'm like no one touch it no one look at it it is it does not want to be perceived yeah in this line yes okay all right those of you who are still with us yeah welcome back welcome back um no, so uh, this episode's a little bit loosey-goosey in that I kind of want to talk about TikTok for a little bit, but then use that as a gateway to talk about salvation. Yeah, you know, so loosey-goosey. I, you know, just a light episode. Just a light discussion of theology and yeah. philosophy. and. But I want to say at the top of this episode, uh, we told you this. We've told you this a billion times. We are not theologians. We sure are not. We have never been. I hope to never be, <laughs> um, which is very frustrating because especially if you like us have been through kind of have been through slash are in a kind of deconstructing situation, it does make you feel like you have to be a theologian, mm-hmm. that you have to be able to justify every change and every belief that you have. Um, but... If you, like me, have started to read any theology whatsoever, it is super complicated Mm -hmm. and very difficult to understand. We did, both of us, take a Christian theology class in our It's very overarching. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that there was a guy named St. Thomas Aquinas, (laughs) and that's it. (laughs) No, that's not true. I do remember learning about atonement theories. Yeah. I don't remember what they were. See, I don't remember learning about atonement theories. I do remember learning the reason why I get confused when I I finally go back to church at the Episcopal Church versus going to Mass. And I'm saying what I remember as the creed. And then I realize, nope, this is the Nicene Creed. Yeah. We've been saying the Apostles' Apostles. Creed. Yes. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, do I still remember the Apostles' Creed? Ooh, it was extra credit. Let me try. Let me try. Uh, I believe in, uh, oh no, how's it start? Okay. <laughs> I believe in something, something is a living God and in his mother, Mary. I believe in Jesus Christ, son of the living God. Is that right? No. Shoot. What, how's it start? It's, I believe in God, the father almighty creator of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ's only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was, was crucified, crucified, died and was buried. buried. He mm-hmm. descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and at the sixth, oh, and sits at the right hand of God. This is written in a different, yeah, in a different day, uh, grammatical structure. Mm-hmm. Um, the right hand of God, the father almighty from the, from he, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection yeah. of the body, and the life everlasting. That is not the Apostles' Creed we say in church. I remember the last bit better than that any is of different. the rest of it. But the Nicene Creed mm-hmm. is only slightly different. Mm-hmm. 
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit, was incarnated of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he's adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. That's the one we say in church. <laughs> Here's a question. Which one came first? can we google it real quick i will google it um here's the thing the nice that nice creed that was that was just there uh-huh. that's what we say at mass so i'm confused what they say at the episcopal church because it is that it is that yeah but there's some phrasing that's like slightly, slightly different. different so i'm wondering if it's just a revised nicene creed could be and i don't know but they always say the apostles creed and i'm like this is the nicene creed yeah okay interesting um, which came first? This is funny because this is actually going to tie into some of my discussion for today. Uh, the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, which I'm sure was a question on a test that we took. Yep. The Apostles' Creed is the older of the two. Okay. That makes sense to me. I feel like the they did the Apostles' Creed and then they had the Council of Nicaea, Nicaea and people were like, okay, this is great and all, but we need details. Isn't the Council of Nicaea, was it the Council of Nicaea where St. Nicholas punched the dude? <laughs> and he died? <laughs> he didn't die. I don't think he died. Did he not? No. Because I think I said in our Christmas, because it was a council. Yeah. It was a council, but I don't know if it was the Nicaean council. Um, let's see. Uh, Who am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of, wow, I'm thinking of a very different thing when Paul was preaching and a guy fell out of the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing and mm-hmm. died. And yeah. now he's the saint of something. Yeah. The Apostles' Creed was adopted by the early church before the middle of the second century, whereas the Nicene Creed was created by the Council of Nicaea in 325. This ties in, though. <laughs> yes. Uh, because creeds are very important things uh, in the Christian faith. Uh, and it's something that growing up in evangelical, I didn't appreciate in the slightest because we didn't say them. Right. Some evangelical traditions um, do mm-hmm. say the creeds. That's cool. Baptist is not one of them. Well, at least the brand of Baptist that we came yeah. from. Um, we don't, we didn't, we, I never, I genuinely didn't learn either creed until I got to college. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think I'd even ever really heard the Apostles' Creed yeah. until senior year in I, that class. I was not familiar with creeds mm-hmm. as they were. I mean, like, I, I really wasn't familiar with the idea that we had one unifying creed. Right. Um, and I think it's important to remember that we do have unifying creeds, mm-hmm. which is something that I do like about liturgical traditions, um, non, you know, like, mainstream uh, Protestant traditions, mm-hmm. because there's more emphasis on that. Like, I learned... I know this is not a creed, but, like, I learned the Lord's Prayer growing up, like, once. We didn't really Um, focus on it. (laughs) We didn't say it in unison. Oh, goodness, no. I think we... Oh, let me think. I'm trying to think about the, like, church I grew up in versus other churches. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I feel like we said it a lot. I don't know that it was necessarily part of the service, though. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I. It, it's just because lately uh, I've been on TikTok a lot. And I've been. What? <laughs> really? Uh, and I have been interacting, not interacting with, but experiencing <laughs> a mm-hmm. lot of discourse on TikTok about a lot of different Christian topics. Um Especially people having different opinions on different aspects of Christianity, which you and I have talked about a lot in terms of like, we appreciate that there's a lot of differences. Yeah. I certainly come from a household where like, we have to acknowledge those differences. You have to be okay with it. Um, And so the creeds are nice because they are that reminder that like, there are some things that we like agree on. Right. Right. Um, and so, it's like, the bare minimum right. to be in the club. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the bare minimum. Um, if you want to be in our special club, you have to say the crane. <laughs> but um, in some cases, it's not even the bare minimum. <laughs> Just so frustrating. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I've been on TikTok a lot. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, and it's interesting because TikTok has opened. You'd think I'd be I I would have been here before now, having all the church hopping I've done and all of the like moving around I've mm-hmm. done. You'd think that I would have been to a point where I'm like, wow, I've seen a lot of diversity in Christianity. Um, no, <laughs> mainly because like you go to a church, they don't like open up their like theological right like right. <laughs> like codex right there. They're not yeah. like. Here's what we believe. Even on the website, they all have a oh, section under so, what do we believe, and it's the same it's thing. It's the same thing. It's the same, same thing. thing. But then, like, when you get deep into it, and you're like, no, but what do you believe? Mm-hmm. That's when you start finding some interesting stuff. Right. So, some of our favorite TikTok creators. Nerdy Priest. At, yes. Obviously. She's an Anglican. Big time. Uh, well, she's an Episcopal, Episcopal priest mm-hmm. up in Ohio. Um, who is married to the guy that makes the weird Ohio TikToks. He's he's the mayor of that town, did you know? Right, yes. I did not not realize that he was the mayor. I am so fascinated by that, Um, by all of it. If you all stumble across our podcast, (laughs) we we love you. you. (laughs) We love you so much. (laughs) You're fantastic. Yeah. Um, And then we have um, that one girl, Rachel. Yes. Who I think is from Cincinnati, right? Is she? I I think she is. I don't know where I got that. Hey, that one girl, Rachel, you want to come be a podcast we also, guest? Uh, we also love you. Come hang on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, who are some of the others? Um, are we just talking? TikTok deconstructionists, TikTok pastor, pastors, Pastor Greg. Progress- um, uh, progressive Christians. Yeah. Pastor Greg, yes. Or pastor yes. G, I think is his TikTok. Yes. Although, he's no longer working as a pastor. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. He came out and then, like, took a break from being a minister or pastor. Hmm. Um, I mean, he's still, I think, like, yeah. a Christian and stuff, but... Uh, Mother P- Mother Peaches. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, the, the Rev Riley is one I came mm-hmm. across. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good Shepherd ABQ. Pastor Sarah. Oh, we love her. Um, you might have seen. She did like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, she makes me. She challenges me. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That she is actually. Uh, did you say that's 
Pastor Sarah. Is mm-hmm. it? She is actually the one who probably triggered this entire topic. Because okay. I think it was her, the very first TikTok that I ever saw that was just like, I think it was that one that was mm-hmm. like, the rapture's fake. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, stop. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those things where um, when you're when you're going through like, what is my actual belief system? And you mm-hmm. hear something and you can feel yourself being pulled out of your allegorical cave and you're going, wait, no, 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 no. I want to yeah. go back. I want to go back. Um, we found a lot of creators on tip- TikTok that we love who have opened our eyes to some different perspectives, theologically speaking. Mm-hmm. The- theologically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, one of which was like difference in salvation philosophies. And I was like, hold up. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> difference in salvation philosophies. I should say, though, like TikTok is a difficult place. For me, mm-hmm. and a frustrating place for me, because I hear all of these different things from priests, mm-hmm. excuse me, from priests who, like, have been through seminary and have been through all of the spiritual formation stuff, mm-hmm. um, or people who are in seminary or who, you know, like, have different, you know, degrees of divinity and stuff like that. And they're getting into into discussions and arguments and stuff with other people. And I'm caught in the middle going, wait, I'm a layman. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm a layman. Use small words. Small (laughs) words. Smaller, much smaller words. Um, So some of them I really appreciate that they're able to break down some of their their viewpoints in a really easy to understand kind of way. Explain it to me. (laughs) Yes. As if I were a child. But. If anyone knows that quote. uh, That's a deep, 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 deep deep cut. cut. Yeah. I don't have a prize or anything I can give you if you can explain to him as if he were a child. Okay, go on. Go on. (laughs) But it's like the deeper you get into some of that stuff, the like more frustrating it can be because you are kind of starting to like spread out the feelers and you're just like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I have Mm -hmm. to think about and so many, what do I decide? How do I, how do I figure out what I actually think about things? And just in doing the research for this podcast, I was like, I think I might be this, but maybe not. But maybe I am, but maybe I'm not. But maybe I am. So it spins you back into that spiral mm-hmm. of like, maybe I'm changing my belief on this one thing. Yeah. So I love deconstructionist TikTok. I also hate deconstructionist TikTok. Yes. Um, they are, it is a yes. It is a both and. Both and. <laughs> it's a both and. I think it um, emphasizes the need of like being comfortable with not knowing. Mm, yeah. And being comfortable with not having a perfect yeah. answer. Yeah. Which sucks. Which is something that Nerdy Priest has actually been talking about a lot on mm-hmm. her TikTok recently. Uh, about, like, that there should be mystery in our world and there mm-hmm. should be mystery in our faith. We don't have to be able to defend every little thing and understand yeah. every little thing and have an answer for every little thing. Which is very comforting and also very scary. Yeah, I think the scary part comes fr- just from other people, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't... I myself, if I lived in a vacuum, am am comfortable not having answers to every question. But honestly, from within the Christian community and without, I feel like in the Christian community, if you try to have an opinion that's different than someone, if I say I'm a universalist and I don't think I don't think hell exists, then Christians who do are going to be like, well, what do you mean? That's not biblical. Blah, 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 blah. Explain exactly how you read the Bible to get to that point. 
And then on the other side, if you're religious talking to someone who's not and you're like, yeah, I believe in God, but, you know, I don't really know what I think about, like, the Ark and whether it was real. And they're like, what do you mean you don't even know what you believe? Like, why do you believe it if you don't even know? Everybody wants you to have an apologetics for every little thing. And I sure don't. And let me tell you, I had growing up an apologetics Bible. Like, it it was a teen apologetics Bible. And it was one of those things where it, like, taught you how to defend your answer for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And it was just so problematic because then it, one, it did make me kind of, like, a better writer and a better, like, uh, better in school. Sure, sure. <laughs> but on the other hand, like, it really didn't, it limited your your room for, mm-hmm. I don't know. And it just stokes that persecution complex, baby. Like that and dare to share. Just. Oh, dare to share. I have so. If you. Let me just throw this out there, listener. If you have stories from a little convention called Dare to Share that was held in Columbus, Ohio, somewhere in the realm of 2000 and. Five? Five. I bet there's more out there, too. Six. Yeah. Whenever. pillar was big in the christian community (laughs) we started high school in 2006 so it would have been somewhere in there some yeah yeah just just hit me up on our socials or in our email because oh my god you can trauma bond we can trauma bond um the 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 musical act that year was david crowder so if that helps i don't know okay yeah and i got a squirrel t-shirt it was great Apparently David Crowder's afraid of squirrels. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember that. That sounds know. familiar. Did you come with us on our... Were you on that trip? I was not on oh, that trip. Oh, that was me. Oh, no. I'm maybe getting that confused with a different trip because it, at first I was about to be like, no, that's the time they lost me during hide and seek and didn't care. No, um, that was a different trip altogether. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my cousin went with me to Dare to Share. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, if you have stories about that. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I feel like we need to root the room to have a little mm-hmm. and be okay with it. Yeah. Which is so hard. Um, but this discussion of salvation philosophies like really got me. I'm still in a spiral. I'm very deep in the spiral right now. So this is like. Li- a live is, report. This is a live report. Live on it's, the scene. <laughs> this is live. It's going to be sloppy. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't have all of... <laughs> Sorry. I'm just imagining like, live on the scene of this deconstruction. I'm Jordan Manchin. <laughs> I don't have very clear answers uh, or descriptions for a lot of these philosophies. It's more so of just like exploration. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a lowest rated episode. It's okay. No, it won't. It'll it's okay. Be good. Um, so Nerdy Priest was talking about being a universalist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's interesting because I thought you were an Episcopal. Epis- Episcopalian. Yeah. I thought you were an Episcopal <laughs> priest. I-, I thought you were a male yeah. kid. No, but literally <laughs> yeah. that's what it was like. I was like, wait, excuse me. Because I don't know if you had this experience. I grew up thinking universalist meant Unitarian universalist. Yes, yes, and I did. And I was taught to stay away from those people. We went to school with someone who was a Unitarian universalist. Did we universalist. really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Beep. Yeah. Beep. <laughs> yeah, that was the first time I ever heard about that belief. Oh, crazy. I love him. Yeah, I know. Me too. Huh. Good kid. Yeah. 
Anyway, <laughs> I was told by my youth minister at the time that they were just like wishy-washy people who believed that anything was true. And if you believed it, then yeah. it was true. It was also the high peak of tolerance, yeah. which we talked about yeah. on the Reclaiming the Garden episode. But um, yeah, our have... churches were really super against tolerance. Yes, <laughs> they were very intolerant. Loving communities. Loving communities. Who did not tolerate. You can't just believe <laughs> anything. Come on. You got to yeah. have a backbone. Yeah. Oh, and that's and that's, that's welcome back. From. Welcome back. This is this is my complex. Um, I have since educated myself <laughs> and found out that there is such a thing as Christian universalism that is completely different from Unitarian universalism mm-hmm. is set within a Christian paradigm. Um, I've also learned that universalism is different than I thought it was okay. um, initially because uh, it, it, I think initially when I was looking at it, was thinking like it meant that like didn't really matter mm-hmm. what you believed at all, at all in within the realm of Christianity. Okay. Um, you're going to be fine. Okay. Which it kind of does, but it kind of doesn't. Um, so yeah. So I'm going to take us through a little bit of that. Okay. So let's start with, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because theology is so complicated. Mm-hmm. We can't even just start there. Okay. We got to start with like what, what, why, why, what salvation. Okay. <laughs> That's the title for the why, episode. Why, what salvation. <laughs> That's the title. Why, what salvation. Are there question mark? Why? What? <laughs> salvation. <laughs> no, I think it's just like why, comma, what, semicolon, <laughs> salvation, salvation, question mark, <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> Ellipses. Ampersand. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, because when I went to go look up some salvation philosophies, the fir- very first thing that I was told was, hey, um, your salvation philosophy depends on how you define three things. Um, sin, justification, and atonement. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which is, those are three very big concepts. Yeah, just those little things. And by sin, like, we mean, like, what is not just like what is sin but like what's the nature of sin like mm-hmm. how does it separate us from god and all that right. stuff but and then um not just how sin separates us from god but also like what's what is the um like what is the sinful nature of mankind like does it start at birth like is it mm-hmm. hereditary like that whole kind of thing mm-hmm. is it inherent or is it put upon us right yeah but then also um, justification means like God's means of removing the consequences of sin. Like how is God gonna like make that happen? So mm-hmm. like, um, most, most Christian circles will be like, well, it's grace. It's grace. That's the justification, but it gets more complicated than that. And then atonement being like, um, how, we are forgiven for that sin mm-hmm. specifically. Like, like how does it work? Mm-hmm. Like what process has to happen um, in order for us to be completely forgiven and who's forgiven and how and what and when and where and why and all that, uh-huh. all that jazz. So you could see me spiraling. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so um, needless to say, Christians disagree about these three things. What? Oh, really? 
They don't huh? all agree. I've never known what? Christians to disagree on what anything. What in the world is a Calvinist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to kind of think about it in terms of like Calvinists, Lutherans, and then like everybody else. Okay. So like Calvinists believe that basically humans possess free will, but it's in bondage to sin. Okay. That will is in bondage to sin okay. until it's transformed. Okay. Are Calvinists predetermination? Yes. Okay. So, but predetermination is a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just... And, like, there's different, like, views on predetermination predetermination as well. Mm-hmm. It's a whole... Oh, That's a gosh. whole other. <sighs> um, but... Uh, they believe that in in total depravity mm-hmm. okay meaning the consequence as a consequence of the fall every single person born into the world is enslaved to the service of sin and then they are you are like apart from yeah. god automatically and then they believe that you can be justified through faith alone okay so like faith right. is the one thing that saves you mm-hmm. um there's various views on the extent of like your atonement, like how it, how your atonement like mm-hmm. gains all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm trying real hard here. You're doing a good, a good spark notes version. <laughs> it's very spark notes. Lutherans believe in original sin. Um, that like we possess that at birth and that humanity possesses free will in regard to goods and possessions, but is sinful by nature and unable to contribute to our own salvation. Mm-hmm. That like we're we we can choose good things, but like inherently, like we're gonna fall short. We're gonna fall short. Yeah. I found this was better explained in a video from Closer to Truth, um, which was called Salvation of Philosophical a philosophical inquiry. Uh-huh. And um, the guy that does these videos, I've never seen these videos before, but he does these videos. He's very interested in Christian philosophy, but he's an atheist himself. Okay. So it's really interesting because he comes at it from like a scholar's perspective where he's like, I don't believe any of this, but I'm really interested in it. Yeah. Which I find fascinating. Go but off. Yeah. Yeah. So like they talk about, he interviews this woman who I cannot her name is really bad but he's she basically explains it like she explains it to him like this there's something wrong with us inherently Mm -hmm. um that's not really our fault it's not really god's fault either Mm -hmm. um it's just that we're broken Mm -hmm. that we have a desire to love and a desire to resist love at the same time Mm -hmm. meaning resist love from god um and so that rescue is too difficult for us to do on our own. We cannot do that. Like if I asked you to choose not to resist love ever again, uh-huh. like you wouldn't, it would be impossible for you to do on your own. Sure. So, um, we, so, in, so naturally we sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but if God were to step in and, make that choice for us and say, you're not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have free will. True. Which is also not good. True. We want to have free will. That's the thing. So there's a tension there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, 
um, by accepting the love of Christ, we open ourselves up to God's grace. We cease to resist love. Okay. So by opening up to Christ, basically we're saying, I'm going to stop resisting your love. I'm just going to let go. Okay. Just going to yes. let go. I'm not making the choice. I'm not not making the choice. I'm just letting go. And letting God. And letting God. If you will. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, jumping back to Lutherans. Luther- Lutherans believe that justification for all men uh, is is available. That mm-hmm. there is unlimited uh, atonement, which means that... Um, so... <sighs> Jesus died as the benefit for all humans without exception. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, that um, you have to accept it through faith. Okay. As well. Okay. Okay. So generally people fall into one of those two camps. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little unclear on how like some of the more specific philosophies like universalism fall as far as like Lutheranism or Calvinism or if like there's like Something a whole else. other situation Mm -hmm. um but i can tell you that there is a difference between the two in terms of like who will persevere into that faith so calvinist like the predetermination that like yeah um the eternally elect in christ will persevere in the faith yeah and that lutherans are more like you can fall away from salvation like you can reject salvation and you can reject all of Mm. that okay and be separated from it but god gives um what they call gospel assurance i feel like i should know what that is i know i've heard that phrase it's the protestant doctrine that states the inner witness of the holy spirit allows the christian disciple to know that they are justified so like that you can fall away from it but like if you if you know you know if you have the holy spirit you know the girls who know. Right. <laughs> the girls who get it, get it. And the girls who don't, don't. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a lot of splitting hairs. Yeah. So thinking back to the creeds, it's like, okay, I believe those things. Are we cool? Yeah. <laughs> is this all I have to do? Like, are yeah, we done yet? I'm good. Yeah. Theology is scary, you guys. It is. And where does it come from? And that's what I remember in the classes, like going back to Thomas Aquinas again. Um, the theology of like why Jesus died on the cross and you can be like for our sins but why um, because it separated us from God but why 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 did you know yeah. was it ransom yeah or whatever was it you know which I think is one of the theories mm-hmm. ransom. yeah yeah um, or like I, I was like who thought about this like i guess people in the first century who had a lot of time on their hands thought about this tiktok didn't exist so the, all they had to do was sit around and think about right. atonement theories right. they like, could not distract themselves no piggy dipping videos. <laughs> piggy dipping no. my favorite sound on tiktok right now <sighs> yeah yeah <sighs> yeah it's exhausting honestly yes it's exhausting to think about this is why we don't want to be theologians. Exactly. It's too much. But it opened up this whole thing with me where I was like, do we, I guess my bottom line question was like, do we have to believe that some people will be forsaken in the whole grand mm-hmm. scheme of things? Mm-hmm. Because when universalism came up, I was like, I feel like I kind of have thought that forever, just in mm-hmm. a just in a very particular way. Right. Just different vocabulary right. for it. And so 
we're going to take a small break, digest some of the some of the very sparse information that I've given you. <laughs> and we're just going to chat about what we think. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, we will be back in just a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> and we're here. Hello. Um, during the break, I showed Sarah my belly button. <laughs> I got to see it. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that weird. It's weird to me. Yeah, I if it was if it was mine, I would probably. <laughs> but I'm also weirded out by all of pregnancy. So yeah. yeah. She was like, "Do you want to see my belly button? Would that make you feel better?" And I said, "Would my normal <laughs> belly button make your abnormal <laughs> belly button feel better?" No. I said, "I never said mine was normal. <laughs> you don't know what it looks like because you didn't see it." Uh, belly buttons and theology. That's. That's our new tagline. Yes. Yeah. Couch communion, belly buttons, and theology. <laughs> so I gave a lot of like sparse information about salvation theories. It mm-hmm. like, feels sparse to me because there's a lot of terms. Um, tell me, growing up, mm-hmm. what were you taught about salvation? Oh. Like what? Mm. What was like the spiel? Um, it was very, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. It, it's a narrow path to God and only through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taught, though, that once you were, um, once you gave your life to Christ in whatever way you did that. Because, like, I'm, I'm sure my church was very, like, you have to be baptized. But also, my dad was never baptized. So I think growing up. My mom, at least, because my dad wasn't really super religious. So my mom was like, you know, I think if you mean it in your heart, like, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't really matter if you get dunked or anything. But um, so once you did that, like, you were good pretty much forever. Even if you messed up, you, I mean, it was never explicitly said, but the vibe was like, you really have to try to get mm-hmm. away from God. You have to fully, like, renounce. Right, and, right. Um, and uh, if you believe in Jesus, you go to heaven. And if you don't, you go to hell. And that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up for me, too. Yeah. It was like, it, most of what I learned about the rapture at least or like the end of time and like mm-hmm. what happens when everybody's gone you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing um came from the left behind series mm-hmm. and not the bible so right to be honest with you i don't really know what i think about the rapture yeah well honestly the first t- i remember um when we were in undergrad one of uh the guys that we were friends with I don't know how we got to talking about this in the cafeteria one day around the table. Um, And he was talking about C.S. Lewis Mm -hmm. and Aslan, I think, was one of the Narnia books that I have not read, um, which is all but one of them. (laughs) But something about where Aslan says something along the lines of, like, even people who never knew god or the right path or whatever as long as like 
if they were doing the best that they could, even if they didn't have a name for God, they were still serving God in their own way. I don't know. That was the first time that I ever kind of heard that concept of like, um, not to skip ahead, but like, I kind of feel like, not that we all worship the same God, but there's a little bit of the whatever right God there is right. in everyone's worship. I think everyone is, everyone who worships anything has a little bit of the truth or like feels a calling and a tug towards the truth. And maybe we just don't all go about it in the same way. I don't necessarily think that all things are equally true. I don't know. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at. But that yeah. was like my, the point of that is that was my gateway into like, Oh, maybe yeah. it's not such a narrow way after all. And Lewis a lot of people say that Lewis was a universalist. He wasn't necessarily a universalist. Most mm -hmm. people classify him as like an inclu inclu inclusivist. Inclusivist, yes, um, meaning that he he believed that all all who are saved get saved by Christ, but they don't necessarily realize this now mm -hmm. on Earth. Um, I think you're talking about the last battle. Uh, in which a young warrior who worshipped a different god thought Aslan was evil and he met Aslan and realized it was the other way around. Mm -hmm. And Aslan said, I take to me the service, the services which thou hast done to Tash, the false god. If any man swear by him and keep his oath for the oath's sake, it is by me that he has truly sworn, though he know it not now. Yes. It is I who reward him. That was exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. So, thank you, uh, Quora? Quora? Yeah. Quora? How do you say Quora? that? Is it Quora? I say Quora. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's like, I I remember growing up, I remember being taught that, like, yes, like, you have to accept Jesus to be saved from hell. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you will go to hell mm -hmm. and be eternally damned. Mm -hmm. um, and that people who have never heard of Jesus mm -hmm. ever in their lives are going to hell and it's your responsibility to go out and find them and teach them about Jesus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Classic evangelical. Yes. The great commission. Yeah. Got to get out there. Oh, the great commission. Um, and then I also remember being taught at a much later age that you could reject salvation, that like it could be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. Like there was a period in my life where it was like, Nothing can nothing can take away my salvation because I accepted Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then I remember in high school, I was talking about one of our friends with my mom, mm -hmm. <laughs> one of our friends who does not, who left the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was like, she was like, well, you know that you can only reject God so many times before God will turn around and reject you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, No. That's not a thing. And she's yeah. like, yes, that's a thing. So then that was the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and it's funny because I was talking about universalism with Mark a couple nights ago. And he was like, but what about the whole, like, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out mm -hmm. situation. And I was like, what about, I'm confused about it too. Yeah. I like, <laughs> but then like, what is your definite, like, does lukewarm also apply to 
Christians who say that they're so Christian they and then don't, don't act, act like, like it. it. Yes. Because that's, I would argue that's more lukewarm than even like a person who does you're good just straight in straight up life. cold. <laughs> oh, it depends on how you define cold, I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah. But like if you're a non Christian who cares for the widow and orphan right. and like whatever, I would right. say that's more that's less lukewarm than I would agree with even you. a Christian who tries to act like they're a Christian. I would agree not with really you. doing it. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think for a long time I didn't really think about salvation cause it was just like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Gotta believe in Jesus. That's, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, I do still kind of think that you, that like, and we've talked about this before. Like I do still kind of think that like we're, we're on the right one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we picked the right one. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily. It's weird because it's like a. I live in this paradoxical kind of situation in my brain where I'm like, I, I think we picked the right one. I don't necessarily think that other people have picked the wrong one. Right. I just think I picked the right one. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really weird. Um, Which again, Nerdy Priest has talked about like how paradox is like a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, I think it's one of those, like, I feel like I'm not God and I don't have the wisdom of God. Right. So. So maybe we should just leave it alone. <laughs> I just, I don't, you know, when, cause I've had, I mean, it's been a long time, but like when we were younger, I know some of our non-religious friends straight up said to me, so like, so you think I'm going to hell? And I was yeah. like, I don't know. Like I'm yeah. not God. I, I don't make that decision. And I don't want to. So we'll find out when we all die. Kids like, in school were savage when it came, like, that That question, like, as an adult looking back on that question, I would never ask anybody that question ever. No. Because we, that is, like, an extremely savage question to just have, to, like, come up to somebody and just be like, tell me now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that I'm eternally damned? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't, clearly no one wants to think that right i am just a child yeah (laughs) whoa (laughs) who is trying to figure things out yeah and i don't know man i don't want to think that but i don't know what you know i i i really think that like there's a lack of education in at least our brand of evangelical evangelicalism Mm -hmm. that like contributes to like us being like oh yeah yeah well or even just saying like i don't like it but i mean i guess that's what i believe do you want to come to church with me dude i've been trying (laughs) i've been trying to get you into church (laughs) yeah oh gosh i used to have sleepovers on saturday nights so that my friends would have to come to church with me on sunday morning (laughs) i feel like that's a couch confession it is a couch confession it is and i remember distinctly some of our friends sitting in my tiny little bit southern baptist church on a Mm -hmm. sunday morning and me feeling me then feeling like this ain't right (laughs) i fully made one of our friends cry after she came to church with the two i I remember i didn't mean to do that i don't think i made her cry i think she was going through her own stuff she actually said later that she was upset because she was worried that we were going to stop like being friends with her because she wasn't religious, mm-hmm. which was not the case. No. She just started to take communion and well, she did take communion. And I don't know, in a moment I was just like, I hope you meant that if you took that. Cause that's like an actual sacred thing in yeah. church. Like yeah. 
Which I was a little harsh, but it was a little harsh. And I, I was don't a little think salty. Was, I don't think it was unjustified. It was a little harsh, but I don't think yeah, it was I shouldn't have said it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I really shouldn't have. But anyway, that's my own couch confession. Yeah, we've I, I, ha- I believe I've apologized, and I think she's okay with it. We did talk about having an apology tour episode mm-hmm. where we talk about our former selves yeah. and things that we should apologize for. That's on the list. That's on the list. Oh, so many things. Anyway. Um, so, so to be honest, I don't really think I had a perspective on salvation that was very clear Mm -hmm. until I started like looking into this, some, some of this stuff. It still is not clear. It's fuzzy, but, um, at least I know, I think some things I do remember growing up being taught in youth group, at least that there would be some like big battle Mm -hmm. at the end of time. Maybe this comes from Left Behind. Maybe, Maybe. It comes from the Bible. I don't know, but that there would be some big battle at the end of time, and that like everybody, regardless of like salvation, like regardless of your faith on Earth, like eventually at some point in the time of eternity, we would all like those of us who are Christians would like become part of God's army and would be warriors for God, and we would go in. And liberate the souls from hell, basically. Oh, okay. It's a very complicated <laughs> situation. Spiritual warfare, yeah. for real, yeah. yeah. Um, and because I, I remember us having this discussion of like, well, will 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 we be soldiers? Will we fight? Mm-hmm. And our youth minister being like, I don't know. <laughs> and us being like, but like, so everybody in hell gets out, and he's like, yeah. And we were like, what? I remember being taught a similar thing. It not so much that we were soldiers and mm-hmm. everything, but. I feel like I remember being told that basically, like, you kind of serve your time in hell. Right. For eternity, but then that eternity ends when there's, like, a new earth and it's, you know, we're all together in paradise and that everyone is reborn in the self that they were supposed to be. And so, in the end, we are all together again. Which is funny because I think if you said to our church elders at the time... Um, hey, so you're universalist, they would have been like, ah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they would have like, I mean, they would have, those, them's fighting words. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's basically universalism. That's Christian universalism. Yeah. It's this belief that, um, it's also called universal reconciliation, by the way, and also called universal salvation or just Christian universalism. Um, it's the doctrine that all sinful and alienated human souls because of divine love and mercy will ultimately be reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. Now, how long that takes, what process you go through, yeah. that all of that stuff people disagree on. Mm-hmm. But that ultimately everybody's going to get there. Yeah. And this was like widely considered heresy for like a long time. Mm-hmm. And it still is not like a super widely accepted viewpoint um because a lot of churches like the catholic church like a lot of mainstream Mm -hmm. protestant churches like evangelical churches they believe some of us are gonna get it some of us are going to hell Mm -hmm. like and if you don't accept christ sorry Mm -hmm. um but the problem comes when we think about like the nature of god Mm -hmm. and if he is omnibenevolent can can he i hate saying can he when we talk about god but like would he Mm -hmm. condemn souls to hell forever right and that's what 
is widely known as the quote unquote problem of hell. Mm-hmm. Enter Rob Bell. <laughs> Which I want to go back and watch some of Rob Bell's old videos yeah. so bad. They're so nostalgic for me. me too. Rob Bell was like the like poster child hipster evangelical. Yes. For like a hot minute yeah. when we were growing up. Are you an emo kid that also goes to church? <laughs> I bet you like Rob Bell. And then he said one thing about hell and he got basically excommunicated. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically said that like he didn't think hell was real. Um, that like he didn't believe that the God that he knew would condemn people to hell. Um, and then everybody was like, oh, well, that was good while it lasted. <laughs> And I mean, like he got straight up canceled. His books were taken out of Lifeway. Oh yeah, I, yeah. We, I actually, I actually really enjoyed Velvet Elvis. I have a copy. Well, I think we. I listen to me say I have a copy like it's contraband. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't take it. From I am me. an I adult woman when who they, can have my own books. When they came and burned the books, I hid it away under my floorboards, and I still have a copy to this day. Um, when we did cancel culture i mm-hmm. feel like we were gonna talk about rob bell and then we just and never we kind of ran out of time yeah but um yeah. yeah rob bell got like run yoinked. out of town he got i yoinked. mean like, yeah he uh moved to california he started surfing he did a show for the oprah network uh other than that i'm not real sure what's going on with rob bell i know he did release another book somewhat recently mm-hmm. um but other than that, I know there was a quote of his going around where he was interviewed, and at the end of the interview, the person asked him if he still considers himself a Christian, mm-hmm. and he said, "Say so he told like a story that I'm gonna butcher, but like he was out somewhere eating with his family and got recognized, and the person said, like, so are you a Christian?" And his answer was like, "Hell yeah! Like I don't, you know, I." I thought for a second, but like, yeah, I, I am. And I'm tired of like caring about what other people think that I am mm-hmm. because I know who I am and like, I am a Christian. And if other people don't like that, that's on them. And I was like, work. Good, okay. Good for you, Rob Bell. Yeah. I feel his, that. I mean, he really, yeah, he did a lot of really good work um, with his, uh, I think they were called Noom or Numa videos yes which is funny because now noom is like a diet, diet thing yeah. i think his videos were called numa i'm gonna find i believe out. i still re- i remember them vividly i do too um his glasses yeah yeah but it was that it was really weird because it, it was just like this very sudden like we watched his videos and he was very much like we were very much into his vibe and then we didn't and it, nobody talked about it. But the mm-hmm. thing was is that, like, that's a very real problem that people have had for centuries is this idea of hell. And so theologians have kind of wrestled with this idea of, like, is – can we weigh the contradictory scriptural evidence mm-hmm. of universal salvation and universal reconciliation and the other – contradicting scriptural evidence of not yeah um and then what does that mean about hell and what does that mean about like what happens to people when they die Mm -hmm. and so like ultimately today christian universalism like 
it's still a huge influence um, in the Unitarian Church. But, like, they really try to distance – Christian Universalists really try to distance themselves from Unitarian Universalism because uh-huh. they do follow the Christian line of thinking. Right. Um, there was a Pentecostal bishop in 2004, uh, Carlton Pearson, who he, – he was declared a – he was officially declared a heretic mm-hmm. uh, by the Joint College of African-American Pentecostal Bishops. What year did you say? 2004. Okay. Um, he had attended Oral Roberts University. Oh, Oral <laughs> Roberts University. And back to uh, my favorite guy. He formally declared his belief in universal salvation, um, and he was labeled a heretic. Mm-hmm. And um, he, I mean, he formed his own church that eventually merged with the Unitarian Universalist Church. Gotcha. Um, but there's been like other books out about it. Um, in the early 2000s about universal salvation. Um, one that was written um, by Robin Perry, who's a Christian theologian, particularly known for advocating for universalism. Um, he wrote it under a pen name because he had not at the time expressed his belief in universalism. Mm. And so he didn't want to express it yeah. publicly. Interesting. So he wrote a book um, called the Evangelical Universalist: The Biblical Hope That God's Love Will Save Us All, under a pen name, and then later, like, yeah, okay, revealed, yeah. it's just me. <laughs> um, it's a me. So, in two thousand seven, uh, the Christian Universalist Association was founded, and it, that was mainly a move to like further distance from Unitarianism. Um, there are also Russian Orthodox bishops. Um, and people, the mm-hmm. believers, that have moved toward the concept of universalism, saying that hell, this problem of hell, is actually we're looking at what's very similar to a Roman Catholic belief in purgatory. Mm-hmm. That, like, that everybody's going to get there, mm-hmm. but there's a retribution that has to happen in between there. And that ultimately, like, you just, it, the, the how long and all of that stuff is determined by the person. Um, it says two Christian, this website says two Christian theologians of the 20th. It's Wikipedia. I can say it's Wikipedia. It says two Christian theologians of the 20th and 21st century who wrote in support of universalism have received major notice. Um, who have received major notice are J A T Robinson and John Hick. Um, both argued for universalism as coming from God's nature and as being omnipotent, <laughs> come from God's nature as being, omnipotent love and stated that as time went on after death, some would temporarily refuse to repent, Mm -hmm. but none would refuse to repent forever. Mm -hmm. So Hick in particular stated the seemingly contradictory nature of the Bible's references to damnation caused, oh, sorry, came about because the warnings of hell are conditional to warn men about eternal suffering if they permanently refuse to repent. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody would ultimately make that choice forever. Right. So this this is where I sit. Um, <laughs> on this hill of information uh-huh. and going, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Because I do believe that God is omnibenevolent. Mm-hmm. But in the words of my husband, as we talked about this the other night, if everybody eventually is going to... What's the point? Yeah. What are we... But then again, my brain goes, well, Jesus is the point Mm -hmm. that, like, 
God loves his children, mm-hmm. loves all of his children. And like, so that served for everybody. And so like your faith in this life is just like a, it's, it's like a, uh, it's like a fast pass. Yes. And it's an enrichment <laughs> of your life. I think my two things that I like go back and forth on are kind of on that same note of, I don't think that anyone should be a Christian because they're afraid of hell. Yeah. That's completely missing the point. Um, and I think- Which is something we were brought up to do. It's Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> um, I mean, we were, I mean, I, I believe, I think the whole foundation of like why I initially like was like, I want to be baptized is because like, I don't want to go to hell. Right. And that was the. Which I mean is fine, but like you got to establish. That's not the best foundation right. for the rest of your life. Right. Because then once you don't believe in hell, it's all over. <laughs> Game over. You know? Yeah. Like, and, and that it's I like, think. like, what's the carrot? <laughs> yeah. And if, if Christ is not the carrot, like, and having that relationship with God is not the carrot, then, like, maybe you're not in it for the right reasons. Yeah. That, like, there's this selfish aspect of it. I don't know. Yeah. It just, I think that was such an evangelism tactic for so long that no longer works. And it seems like to me, in a lot of ways, and this isn't really even a theological, um, top, uh, you know, debate topic but i think in a lot of ways the church uses hell as a control Mm -hmm. kind of thing and the church as a whole is very afraid that people might not believe in hell or believe that people don't go to hell because then they lose what they see as a trump card but i think for actual believers who aren't trying to who aren't in this for power it's not as scary, maybe. Yeah. I also wonder if a part of... Because, like, when I think about there's no hell, if, I, if I'm if i saying, full stop, no one goes to hell, that is also a problem for me, personally, because, like, there are terrible people in this world. Yeah. Adolf Hitler should not get to go straight to heaven, you know? Or, um, mass, you know, Ted Bundy should not get to go straight to heaven. And I think but, the way you're saying that is where the, is where the question lies mm-hmm. straight to. And is that my own sinful, um, vengeance mm-hmm. and, and a need for people to pay? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's a really important point, I think, because I think a lot of times I have to remind myself that my justice is not God's justice. Right. And my, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? My righteousness is not necessarily God's righteousness. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to what you were saying earlier is, I don't know God. (laughs) Right. I'm, I'm trying, but like, I can't make that decision for him. Right. And I think a lot of times we use this whole idea of like center or not center as a scale by which we measure our own goodness and Mm. our own Mm. righteousness. Yeah. And we forget that like God sees it from a whole other perspective we can't even comprehend. Right. And if we can't say that like, oh, because I'm a Christian, I'm one of the only ones that gets to go to heaven we can't feel better about ourselves than we do about other people. Mm. <laughs> we can't mm. put ourselves on a pedestal either. Um, it also makes me think about like, 
like bad people, you know, having an afterlife at all. Um, I think about like, if we are all in heaven, in an afterlife, like fully sanctified and we're all like perfect the way that we should have been. Like, what does that look like? I know Adolf Hitler is, like, such an easy grab, but, like, what does that <laughs> yeah. look like yeah. if Adolf Hitler gets to go to heaven and is fully sanctified and is, like, a good guy? And then, like, back to the nature of sin. Was he that person that was then corrupted by sin and therefore the sin is taken away and now he's no longer an evil scum of the earth, human garbage it's hard to person. It's really hard to grapple with. Right. Like, and I, he would be an excellent painter. An excellent painter. Three coats. <laughs> In one afternoon. In one afternoon. Um, so, or even like, I don't know. It's, it's hard, but again, is that my, and that's why I'm very comfortable being like, I don't know. Yeah. God doesn't ask my opinion. <laughs> they should, but fair. they don't. That's fair. I feel yeah. like this whole discussion is just like, nobody asked you. <laughs> I know. God's like, dude, I got it. But it's, you know, I think it is something that like we all have to think about because of how it puts us in relation to other people. Yes. So it was, it's just a really... I just wish theological language wasn't so hard to dig through. Yeah. Because I really do want to weed out what I think about it. But in the end, I'm ultimately just like, I don't know. Because I'm not ready to say, I don't think hell exists. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not there. I'm not either. But I'm also not ready to say everyone who who doesn't know Christ mm -hmm. is eternally damned forever. Right. Like, I don't know that I'm ready for that either. <laughs> and on another level of this also, because there are some people I think that believe, and I'm sorry if you already covered this and I just missed it, that like, there's not hell, but there is just like, it, it like you just cease to exist. Yes. No, this is something heaven. different. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, oh, that's really or is hell, like, not a torture thing? It's just a separation from God eternally, mm -hmm. but it's not like you're burning in the pits of fire and, you know, whatever. Um, um, yeah, I think what you're referring to is a, is a, uh, it's an argument from Martin Luther himself. Okay. Hold on. I gotta find it. Gotta My find guy. It. Yes. So, Okay. So, um, it comes from this belief that the human soul is not naturally immortal. Okay. And that um, Im immediately after bodily death, um, soul death can happen where you just cease to exist. Mm -hmm. You just absolutely cease to exist. You, you're just done. Mm -hmm. You're gone. Unless you have salvation, which grants you eternal life gotcha. immortality okay basically which i can almost get more on board i was with. just i was just gonna say is it bad that i'm almost i'm way almost right preferring there. that than <laughs> eternal because i know of some people who are not religious and that's what they would prefer they don't want to go to an afterlife mm -hmm. they just want to be done and i'm which i can't relate but like good for you yeah i although i also have to say another thing and maybe you have an opinion but um, I have really never, like, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I don't ever think that going to heaven. Oh, no, wait, wait, 
I'm so sorry. No, go for it. That may be annihil- annihilationism, mm-hmm. not soul death. Keep going. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, to me, even though like that was so you know pushed of you want to be a Christian so you can go to heaven and be with your family forever and da 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 da. That's never really been like the driving force of my faith. Mm-hmm. I really have to like. I was thinking about it the other day and I've never, honestly, this is going to sound so sacrilegious. The thought of heaven has never excited me that much. (laughs) And I know that that's like a weird thing to say, but I've never really jived with the idea of like, we all go to a place in the clouds where everyone gets a mansion and everyone's, you know, singing and praising God all the time. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of boring. Sounds a little dull, but whatever. <laughs> like, um, And especially, like, having family that's not religious and, like, having immediate family who's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, it was like, well, they're not going to be in heaven. I guess, like, guess I'll never meet my grandpa. And I don't know. So that was just never the driving force, which, again, I think makes it even easier for me to be like, I mean, I guess. I just don't think about the afterlife that often. Yeah. And I am fully willing to accept that I am wrong. <laughs> I mean, but I don't think anybody really wants to think a whole... I don't know. I say that, and then as I say it, I can think of about, like, a billion people that I know that, like, love to think about the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially older members of my former church. Like, well, I'm sure as I get older, yeah. I probably will care a lot more. I'm yeah. still kind of in a, like, I'll never die age of not thinking about the future, but... Um, By the way, let me clarify. Yes. Christian mortalism is the belief that the human soul is not naturally immortal. Okay. Um, and that there is a thing called soul sleep... It's used as a pejorative term. Um, basically that, let me make sure I'm getting it right. Um, this is actually a Calvinist phrase, uh, which. Let me just say soul sleep mm-hmm. killer band name. <laughs> oh, for sure. TM, um, TM, TM, TM. <laughs> I call it dibs. I think so. Soul sleep is like this intermediate state, like immediately after death, mm-hmm. in which like you either have eternal life or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas annihilationism uh, is the belief that those who are wicked will perish and cease to exist, and after the last judgment, all unsaved human beings, all fallen angels, and Satan will be totally destroyed as to not exist or that their consciousness will be extinguished mm-hmm. rather than suffering everlasting torment in hell. Um, it, it's in contrast to the belief of an eternal torture um, in the lake of fire um, and the belief that everyone will be saved universally. So, okay. So yeah. Got it. Um, it is related to Christian conditionalism. Which is this idea that, like, the soul is not naturally immortal. So it's okay. all connected. Okay. okay. But, yeah. 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 It's all connected. Who? Yeah. It's all heavy stuff. Deep thoughts. Know. It's lighthearted, right? Well, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I'm super interested in this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And even just at this 
basic level, beginner level. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, even, even as I'm, you know, okay, not really knowing what I think or TBD, you yeah. know, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but I do think there are a lot of Christians who don't think about this kind of stuff often or just aren't educated on like atonement theories and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and just think that there is one way to believe in Christianity and that the church has always been the same. Mm. And that's mm. not true. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And that's very much how I was raised where I was like, oh, everyone doesn't believe this. Everyone's not evangelical. I thought this was just what it was. Because right. that's what I was always, you know, this is what the church believes and this is how it's always been. Yeah. And not true. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly where I was. And mm-hmm. I think, too, there's a big difference between what people believe and what your heart and your soul believes mm-hmm. and what you're taught and then what doctrines are accepted and mm-hmm. things like that. Because here's the funny thing. So Catholics by rule are not universalists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm not going to get into Catholic dogma because I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Fair. Um, but it was really weird. Today I was literally reading some of this stuff and I – Took a second because I needed to shut my brain off for a second. Uh-huh. And I was scrolling through Facebook reels. Um, and this video came up of Pope Francis mm-hmm. talking to some children at this public event. Mm-hmm. And the children were invited. They were selected. And they were invited to come up and ask Pope Francis a question. And then he would talk to them. And then they would sit down. And it was a whole thing. But huge crowd, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. Now, in the Catholic world... I can tell you Pope Francis is not always the most beloved. Beloved. He is uh, often controversial. Okay. I shouldn't say that. It's not that extreme. To some extreme groups within the Catholic sphere, he is controversial. Mm-hmm. Some would say he's a false pope. Some may say. Some, some would say. Casually. Some people that I may know may say that. Okay. Um, Got it. Whatever. I think he's great. Um, uh, Pope Francis, they invited this little boy up. He ended up being so emotionally, I mean, the kid was like eight. Yeah. Um, he ended up being so emotionally distraught. He couldn't ask his question and Mm -hmm. it was so sweet. The priest that was with him was like, no, 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 it's okay. You can do it. And and then, um, Pope Francis was like, let him come up here to me because mm-hmm. um, they were like talking into a microphone and yeah you can't just like approach the pope right um he was like let, me, let him come up here and talk to me personally and then we'll figure it out mm-hmm. so he came up and he talked with pope francis for a minute and this was posted four days ago but i don't know how long ago this happened okay um i don't know when this event occurred um since pope francis had become the pope obviously um and he talked with the little boy for a minute and then the little boy went and sat down and he said that he had asked permission and that the little boy said he could tell the crowd what he had asked and all this stuff. And he said that the little boy had told him that his father was an atheist. Mm-hmm. And the boy had said, quote, he was a good man. Mm-hmm. And he had all four of his children baptized Catholic, mm-hmm. even though he was an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and his father had recently died. And he said, is he in heaven? Mm-hmm. Which, like... Oof. Makes me want to cry. Yeah. Um, and Pope Francis, obviously, is in a public sphere. He's mm-hmm. going to be very careful about what he says. Yeah. 
But his answer was not was I, what I was expecting from a Catholic, Catholic doctrine point of view. Mm-hmm. Now, from a human point of view, it's exactly what I would hope he would say. Mm-hmm. And he said, if he was capable of raising his children like that, he was a good man. Mm-hmm. How does God react to a man with a heart like that? And then he was like, the heart of a father. God has a heart of a father. Mm-hmm. But then he said, do you think that God would be capable of leaving him far from him? And and he just looked at the crowd mm-hmm. and they said, no. And he said, mm-hmm. say it louder. Like yeah. you mean it. Like you believe it. And they said, no. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, do you, do, does God abandon his children? Just okay. in general. And yeah. they all said no. And then he said, God, he said to the little boy, God was surely proud of your dad because it's easier being a believer to baptize your children than it is not being a believer and baptizing your children. And mm-hmm. look, I've got chills. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. For him to say, does God abandon his children? Him being a Catholic that like, in terms of doctrine. Like, and being the Pope. And being who the has Pope. such a history of. Yes. Yeah. It For him to say, God does not abandon his children. Yeah. Like. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess you could pick apart like, what does he mean by children? Does he mean Christians? Does he mean the whole world? Mm-hmm. I don't think I need to pick that apart to understand no. it. No. At all. Because he's talking about an atheist man who loved his children. Right. And who, despite his own beliefs. Experience the love that God has for right. us in the love for his kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just... Whoa. But it was so bizarre to me that that came up today. Yeah. As I was reading some of this stuff and as I was looking through some Man, of my notes. Me. And I was like, oh, i got to talk about this. But. Yeah. Just very moving. I cried when Aww. I watched it. it was, that little boy was just so wrecked with yeah. grief. Yeah. And, the one thing that I didn't touch on <laughs> mm-hmm. that I'm probably not going to even include is that, like, I think there is a difference, though, between, like, punishment and like cleansing or mm-hmm. reconciliation, like in a way that's like mm-hmm. I don't see the God that I know being the God that's like, all right, that's it, eternal damnation. That's your punishment for mm-hmm. how for how you lied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for telling your mom her haircut looked cute when it was right. really ugly. <laughs> We all knew that haircut was trash. We all saw it, um, Susan. <laughs> no, but like, like this idea that I, I do believe that it's like the nature of God that like he cannot be in the presence of sin mm-hmm. um, because he is pure goodness and pure light and like that it just does not, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Um, and so like. I think I'm I can vibe with the idea of purgatory as a like yeah 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 you're you're coming mm-hmm. we just need to like clean this off real quick yeah yeah but then that contradicts with my ideas about Jesus too that's like well that's what that was the point yeah that he was supposed to clean that off already and that your faith cleans that off right so that's where there's a little bit of tension there yeah in terms of like if you believe that hell is more of a purgatorial state then we get into the question of like, was the blood not enough? Yeah, and that's what that's I'm. That's true. Oh, that's yeah. where I'm having some trouble. Yeah, I think my other trouble on that note is if, like, God's justice mm-hmm. has to be served, 
it makes sense to me that people would go to like a purgatory just mm-hmm. on a justice sense, but also that's my human understanding of justice. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Also, for some reason, this is making me think of like one of those 90s, um, like don't do drugs videos, <laughs> but it's like, sorry, mom, I'm a universalist now. <laughs> And being played that in, like, our old Southern Baptist things. Oh, my gosh. And then being like, don't turn out like Johnny. Johnny thinks that you can believe whatever you want. <laughs> but that's the thing is that, like, I don't I don't think that you can believe whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I think if I believe that, I would just be a Unitarianist. Right, right. I do think that, like, we've got... Jesus is an essential part of the formula. He's the reason for the season. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But these questions call that into question of like why yeah and here we are back at the why why what (sighs) salvation (laughs) i think it's gonna be why what salvation colon jordan and sarah wrestle with theology yes yeah i'm a very much like a fallout boy title person I, i like it yeah i like the long titles apple does not like the long titles no but i do so I think I think there is a difference between like what we on paper say is like the truth mm-hmm. and what our hearts will say to someone in need. Right. And what our hearts say when we are actually having to put our beliefs into action. I think you you made a really good point and kind of summarized all of it earlier when you said like um how it influences our relationship with people i think Mm. if your belief about hell or the afterlife or salvation is coming between you and your neighbor that's not christian then that's missing the entire point then you need to rethink that yeah and it's not that important it's not more important than loving your neighbor right yeah i agree yeah so Dear listener, I'll leave you with a, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it was an interesting kind of thought experiment to kind of road to go down. I enjoyed it. This I did is too. The, this thank is you, of... Nerdy Priest, for... Thank you, Nerdy and Priest. And Pastor Sarah and... for putting me on this... Yes. ...path. Yep. Um, yeah, this is the kind of conversations I like having with you, yeah. so I'm glad that we got it's to do that. It's a couch conversation. It's a couch conversation. Yeah. 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 We don't come to a nice, clean ending. That's not what we're here for. That is not who we are. Or clear theological understanding. We don't have a clear ending or middle or beginning. But you know, we're here. Hold on. Hold on. Full circle. Full circle. Here's our ASMR. Oh, yes. ASMR. Me opening my Tupperware. mad here (laughs) thank you guys for listening to this episode of couch communion (laughs) stay tuned and stay communed (laughs) let's go
of Couch Communion was produced by us. We don't have a team for this. Music by Grace Mason. Cover art by the wonderful Sarah Mullins at Dr. Frank and Sarah on Instagram and Twitter. If you like what you heard, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. New episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening.